witness to call Muhammad of the Nation of Islam. Um, I reside over Moss number 38. And the first question is, uh, what was life like for you growing up? Hmm. Yes, sir. Well, I had, uh, I had six brothers and four sisters. And my father was a farmer and a construction worker. And um, so we did a lot of farming coming up. Matter of fact, by the time I was age ten, you know, I had to I had to go work in the fields. Maybe maybe even before that. So I had to go work in the fields, and we grew everything from vegetables, um, watermelons, cucumbers, all all types of vegetables. Um, and we grew um, corn and soybeans, and uh, that was the work of the farm. You know, I basically. I basically uh, worked all my life. Um, I didn't know what a grocery store looked like till I was about 18, because that's how self-sufficient we was. You know, we grew everything we needed. And, um, you know, stocked it in the house, sold some, and uh, whatever. But uh, my father used to always tell us, and uh, you know, with the 11 sisters and brothers, you know, my, my mother was a, a, a homemaker. You know, yes, sir. Uh, all so, uh, you know, my father used to always say to us, he said, boy, if I don't teach you how to work, you're going to steal. Mm. And, uh, and uh, I finally understood what he meant about that. You know, he said if he didn't instill in us work habits, then if we really desired something, we would steal. So, uh, he really instilled in us work at us, brother. Tremendously. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, you mentioned you grew up in the in the country. What area did you grow up in? Uh, I grew up in Jasper County, um, um, Kilman, Kilman area of okay. Jasper County. Yes, sir. And uh, we farmed about um, 200 acres of land. And like I said, my father was a construction worker. So, uh, you know, there was, there, there was something to do, brother, at all times. Something to do. Yes, sir. As far as education, you attended uh, South Carolina State University, correct? Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What was that experience like for you? Um, that was a great experience, but my father got sick. So, you know, I had to go back home and, um, and uh, you know, try to try to save the farm and whatnot. Yes, sir. You know, he was, he was, uh, he was suffering from, uh, from uh, diabetes. But then uh, later on, I came back to work and uh, uh, after I started working, you know, I, I, I got all the qualifications that I needed. Yes, sir. All praises due. Yes, sir. So at what point did you come into the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad hear the word of Minister Louis Farrakhan, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. At what point did that happen for you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, uh, I think I was in the accident about the 8th of March, 
about um, the month of March, the 25th month, and the 91st year. I was in an accident. I had my leg broken in about six six places. So um, I ended up in the hospital. I stayed there ooh, from uh, August of uh, August of 2000 to just about Christmas. I was I was in the hospital for like four months. Uh, you know, and after I got out, um, I went to visit my brother for a while. And uh, I saw a tape of Minister Farrakhan. And, uh, of course, I took him, I dug the tape. And I started watching. And uh, he just, he just, he just blew my mind from what he was teaching. And, uh, you know, I never heard nothing like that in the church. No way remotely close. And, uh, you know, I studied and, uh, you know, I ordered some more tapes. I studied, and um, uh, it was about uh, about a year or so later. Uh, I think it was um, December nineteenth, nineteen ninety two. So I watched so much of Minister Farrakhan that I just knew, I just knew he was a man of God. So I prayed about it. And you know, Allah answered my prayer. Yes, sir. And um, I, I, I was taken up, or I had an out of body experience where I was taken up into the wheel. And um, before that, the doctors had a problem with my leg, you know, draining properly and whatnot. But after I had the experience in the wheel, you know, my leg drained properly. And the doctor didn't even know anything about it. I mean, you know, he said he didn't do it. Um, uh, you know, he, he didn't have anything to do with my leg, you know, drain, drain properly. And, um, you know, I saw some silhouettes of men, you know, standing around the table. And uh, I believe that the most honorable Muhammad saw that I got back down this side by Allah's grace. Yes, so sir. that's how we want. That's how I got started. Yes. And um, I didn't get started in the ministry until until 2007. So I've been in the ministry. Yeah, I think I think next week my brother would be a 13 year in the, in, the, in the ministry. Wow. But um, but uh, that was a that was a was a was a powerful experience, brother. And I've been on the road, you know, ever since. Um, you know, I actually found the mosque in Columbia. Uh, the first, uh, the thirty-first of uh, nineteen ninety-three, which is about a month or so later. And um, you know, I started taking the teachings, and uh, and um, well, no one. No one had to tell me to study. I I, I was already on that, you know, uh, hard, very hard. And uh, eventually, you know, um, like I said, uh, about 13 years ago, um, I became the minister of the mosque. Yes, sir. Um, I would like to ask you this. 
because this is coming from my own experience and also I really it just that connection made when you said that to me just now um, before I came into the moss and met you I would drive past the moss I was studying hearing lectures and I always felt that that was the place that I needed to be whether I see brothers outside whatever it may be anytime I drove by the moss right there on Farrell Road it was just like a sense of that's where I should be but I didn't feel like I could just walk in or maybe the the time wasn't right so after I had that that conversation with brother Todd and he brought me in that was just a, a great thing but I say all that to say that it was like a, a calling. Do you feel that you were called to the nation of Islam? Uh, yes, yes, you know, because when I because when I listened to the minister, you know, I thought that this what was missing all my life in the church. You know, and um, and uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely felt called. You know, and that's why you know I, I prayed about it. Uh, uh, you know, because I was still in the church, you know, I prayed to Jesus. But like I tell, you know, most folks, I prayed to Jesus, but I saw Elijah. Mm. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I believe, I, be, I believe uh, uh, that was a definite cause. Yes, sir, my brother. Yes, sir. One of the main things from the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad that he instills is the importance of doing for self and you've you've already broke it down how that was your lifestyle growing up from from the early age y'all had to do for self why is it so important that you know you talk about a time when you were growing up and y'all were already doing for self but it's like our people kind of got away from that why is it so important that we get back to doing for self establishing businesses, all of that for ourselves. Yeah, uh, you know, we better, we better hurry up and get back to that or we're going to suffer, we're going to suffer the consequences because, you know, we can't leave jobs to our children. You know, you go to the job, you work for 30, 40 years or, or whatever, you know, and when the gig is up, the gig is up. You know, you can't leave that to your children unless you own the business, you know, you can leave it to your children, and um, and uh, you know, um, um, so we have to establish, you know, uh, businesses and factories and, and industries, you know, to put our people to work. And uh, you know, I guess I had it real good, you know, coming up, coming up on a farm, you know, because I actually work in work in agriculture now. You know, I, I have been for 37 years. Um, but everything starts with agriculture. Food, clothes, shelter, which is what we need. You know, you get your food, you, you get your food from growing your vegetables and, and uh, your grain. You get your clothes from growing the cotton. And you get your shelter from growing the trees. So everything ties back, you know, to agriculture. And this is what the most unreliable Muhammad was trying to tell us, you know, and him, you know, going after the agricultural land first, you know, which is, which is, which is, uh, um, what he should have done, you know, and, uh, and, uh, he was a wise, wise man, you know, 
to go after agriculture first because everything starts with agriculture. Everything. I mean, when you see a product on the shelf, it's rooted in agriculture. Yes, sir. Everything. Yes, sir. And that's why, you know, um, if you look at the scripture, Cain was a farmer, Adam's children, and Abel was a shepherd. And shepherd, you know, is the people who attend the sheep, but, you know, you, you could have cows as your livestock. You could have uh, uh, goats as your li livestock, you know. But, you know, it, it, it's tied back to the farm. You can't get around that. You just can't. You just can't get around it. So the Mozambique Rise Muhammad um, taught us well. Taught us well in teaching us, you know, that we should go back to the phone. Yes, sir. With the recent murder of our brother George Floyd, it, it sparked a, a civil unrest with during the midst of a pandemic. Right. Yes, sir. Um, and this has brought about a rise of consciousness within the youth where it has been rising for these, these last years. It's been building up. There's a lot of youth that are upset. And our, our generation receives a lot of uh, criticism. Ah, they don't want to work. They don't want to do this. They just want to hang out on the block. And what I really feel is that a lot of that is just unchanneled energy. They don't know where exactly, we don't know where exactly to put our work in at. We want to receive something back when we do work. We want to get something in return. So a lot of times it's, um, I don't make a difference anyway, so I'm just going to go do this or go do that. It don't matter. But I would like to ask you, what role does the youth play in terms of community development? Oh, the youth play a very important role, you know, because the youth are the future. You know, um, uh, um, some of us are aging, you know, and we're going to eventually pass. But the youth is the future. And as soon as the, as the youth get it, which I think they are getting it, you know, and uh, I've heard the minister say, you know, this is the greatest generation that ever lived because they're forward in time. And you see, what is happening now is not just by accident. There's a change coming. There's a change coming. And the youth play a very big role in the change, you know, because some of us are older minds, you know, it might be hard for us to take on something new. But the youth, for those new and young minds, they're ready to take it on. And, and, and they are ready to build a new world. So the youth, brother, is very important. Yes, very sir. Important. I, I, I would say they are the key. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can we uh, talk about brotherhood for a second as well? When people, that's, that's one thing from an outside perspective that people admire about the nation of Islam, as well as it's, um, you can't find the brotherhood of the nation of Islam anywhere else. I'm a part of other organizations, but the brotherhood that I've experienced here in the Nation of Islam is, is unmatched. So I would like to talk about brotherhood as far as what does that mean to you? What does brotherhood mean to you? Well, I see a brotherhood 
as a nation of people with high moral character. Yes, sir. And, and the reason why I say that, um, let me let me let me pull a scripture out of out of the Bible. You know, Jesus, you know, Moses gave Ten Commandments. And Jesus was the one they asked, you know, which one is the most important commandment? You know, they were trying to trip him up. And he said, you know, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And he said, the second commandment is like unto it. You should love thy neighbor as thyself. So now, he starts with, you should love God with all your heart, soul, mind, stop. So, in order to build a good brotherhood, you have to have the love of God. Have to. Have to. And you see, that's why the scriptures say that you can tell when they have passed from death unto life is what? When they love the brotherhood. That could be brother, that could be sister, you know, either one. It's when they love the brotherhood. And if there is no God, there cannot be a true love of the brotherhood. And I think, you know, that's the advantage that we have on all the other organizations, so to speak. There's a love of God in the presence of us. So that makes us to love the brotherhood. And this is one thing, you know, that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, you know, did for me here in his teaching student on Muslim Sparacon. He raised my character. You know, I used to uh, go out partying, drinking, all that madness, but he made me clean that up. You know, there were some brothers in the shop talking one day in, in our barber shop, and they were saying, you know, man, man, black folk ought to do this. You know, they ought to do that. They, they ought to do the other. And I say, you know, do you know why they're not doing that? And he asked, you know, why? I said, brother, look at yourself. I said, I said, now you in here talking, and which is good talk, great talk. I said, you know, but. You see a brother drinking. You see a brother who may have had some uh, some uh, some uh, substance that I don't even know about, and so on and so forth. I said this is why it's hard for you to come together because there is another influence in there mm-hmm. besides the influence of God. And I said you have to replace replace that other influence with the presence of God. And then you can build a good brotherhood. Yes, sir. You see, we've learned, we've learned all these vices from the white man. You see, that's why the white man gives us this. You see? They don't realize that. They don't learn all these vices from the white man. So he gives us liquor, he gives us the drugs, he gives us the alcohol, but he don't want to give you a job. So he makes selling drugs a job. And then, of course, you're going to get caught. And then he has the prison, uh, the uh, 
the uh, penal system where if you get caught, three strikes out, you do a lifetime in prison. And see, now he comes and he makes weapons in, uh, in, um, in things in prison. And there are a lot of other things being made in prison. So eventually, you're right back where you started. We were slaves at one time, and we're slaves again. Yes, sir. You see, that's part of the technology that the brothers don't realize. And it starts early as well. Yes, sir. What you what you, you hit it right on the nail. They start tracking at the third grade level. This is something yes, I've sir. learned through education. At only the third grade level, they start deciding how many the number of cells they need to have ready for them when they get out of high school or even if they make it out of high school like this system does not love us whatsoever no sir, no, sir. you're absolutely right brother you are absolutely right yes sir no love at all man for no love at all yes sir yes, and you yes. have you have been out in the streets you've been working hands-on with our people for years and years, and I definitely appreciate and love you for that. I would like to ask you, what has, what have you learned just from the experience being out there as a student minister representing the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in the streets amongst the people? What are some things you have learned and picked up along the way? Uh, yes, well, you know, you know, we all uh, we all have different goals in in uh, in uh, in uh, different towns, you know, to speak of. And you know, uh, one thing one thing that I have learned is that you you know you, you can't just put everybody in a bubble because you know we all have different goals. You know, we all have different different talents, talents, and, uh, and, and uh, whatnot. And, uh, you know, the test of our human development is whether that we can tolerate each other uh, as we pursue the goals and our talents, you see. And, and um, you know, like I said before, the greatest goal greatest talent that we can have. You know, I'm speaking from a, a religious standpoint. Um, the loftiest goal, the loftiest talent that a man or woman could have is scribe to develop moral character that reflects, you know, the divine supreme being. You know, like I said before, you know, that's the advantage we have you know on, uh, on uh, our people and people in general you know because we strive to have the highest moral character that we can have and that builds a good brotherhood and that builds a good nation brotherhood uh, you know and so on so on and so forth so that's one thing I, I have learned in my um uh, in my time in the ministry and watching the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, you know, and listening to him, you know, um, 
uh, he wants us to scribe, you know, he would like us to scribe to the highest moral character, you know, that we can have, which in turn, you know, reflects the divine supreme being. Yes, sir. Brother Student Minister Carl Muhammad, I definitely appreciate you sharing your time with me here today. I always learn something from our conversations, and I just, I'm thankful. I definitely appreciate you. Oh, man, I'm, I'm thankful for you, uh, 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 my brother, man. Hey, this is, this is your time, my brother. This is your time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, you have down here a conclusion of my final thoughts. Yes, sir. And uh, I would just like to say there's a change of, there's a change coming, uh, brother. You know, and and the black and the brown people are at the root of the change. See, as quiet as it's kept, black people are the future world rulers. Not madness now, but righteousness. And righteousness. And you see, that's why, you know, all of Miss Lewis Farrakhan teaches us that that uh, your righteousness will sustain you. Yes, sir. You see, all that madness that we have learned in this world, we're going to have to give it up. We're going to have to give it up. You know, and uh, I see signs you know, of that, you know, with some of the, uh, some of the basketball players and the entertainers, you know, uh, doing things that it never did before and helping out individuals. You know, I've never seen nothing like it before. And see, that's a sign of the time. And that's leading right on up to what we call the hereafter. And it's the removal of this world, you know, of this wicked world with a different world rooted in righteousness. And that's what I see is happening. Yes, sir. That's, that's powerful. Only our righteousness will sustain us. That's, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, because the world of the wicked has been going, going on for too long. I mean, he, he, he's at a little over 6,000 years old you see, but the wicked can't last forever, and that's what people got to understand. You know, so so if you do right by one another, you'll be successful. You'll be successful if you do right by one another. See, because wickedness is gone. It's on its way out. It's on its way out. And a lot of God is here, you know, to see that it's on its way out. You know. And uh, you know, we uh, we uh, we have a very very bright future, very bright future. If we just hold on, you know. And uh, one thing you know, I would say, you know, is see refuge in Allah through patience and prayer, through patience and prayer. Because you know, we have to go through this for a little time. You know, we're dealing with a pandemic right now, but uh, if we just hold you know, um, 
uh, seek him in patience and in prayer, we'll make it through. We'll make it through. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Yes, sir, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on, my brother.